morning, grab your copy of God's Word and go with me to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. I want to take just a moment this morning to say that I am thankful for mamas. Amen? If you're thankful for mamas, give them a round of applause. Where would we be without mothers? I'm so thankful this morning to have my mom here with me this morning. My brother's here as well. And God was very kind to us in allowing us to be born to our mom. She's a giver. She's a servant. She's a supporter. She's an encourager. And her joy is to see her children and her grandchildren smile and to be blessed. And she is an excellent mother. I'm also blessed that God gave my children an excellent mother. Christy loves our five children so big, sacrifices for them in so many ways. She's tireless. She's a visionary. She's a godly woman who strives to raise her children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, and she excels in that. Her value, as Scripture says, is, is more precious than jewels. Her worth is far above rubies or pearls. Her children are blessed, and so is their father. I know that many of you could stand and say very similar things about your mother and the mothers that are in your life and so praise God for mothers but you know let's be real this morning motherhood and womanhood in general is under attack they're under attack right now in this nation it is a vicious very evil but very effective scheme of Satan that we're seeing played out right now in our nation And while the world is losing its ever-loving mind, may we in the church never forget that God created male and female and that motherhood is a gift from God to be enjoyed by women in our midst and to be honored and to be held in high esteem by all. And so, beloved, praise God for mothers, especially godly mothers on this Mother's Day. You know, in my 21 years of pulpit ministry, I've preached over 2,000 messages, and I've introduced those messages in all sorts of different ways. But you know what I found out? There might not be a better way to start off a message than with a clip from the Andy Griffiths Show. Amen. Check out this clip this morning. Yeah. Oh, morning, Lieutenant. Got some customers for you. Good. Plain clothesmen are coming over from Memphis to pick them up. Be here this afternoon or in the morning. Fine. I don't think they'll give you any trouble. They're pretty well bushed. <laughs> bring them in. All right, bring them in. Right over here. Hey there, how are you? <laughs> Fraternize with the prisoners. They're all yours, Sheriff.
starting a new life. If you're wise, you'll begin rehabilitation. Barney. Now, Barney, I got to go out and look for the two that's still loose. Now, promise me you'll stay away from the prisoners. You got nothing to worry about. <laughs> Make Gomer stay away from them, too. See, I told you the Mayberry Jail is going to be run as secure as a big house itself. Man, I got to get one of them whistles. You know what I'm saying? That thing worked. But don't we all have a little bit of Barney Fife in us? Did you catch Barney's last line there to Andy when it comes to parenting? We have a little bit of Barney Fife in all of us. The only way to handle them is a strict routine, Andy. We all sometimes want to just lay down the law when it comes to parenting. Right? Don't we sometimes fantasize about our children moving like well-trained soldiers or in Barney's case, prisoners to our every command? But is that law-based, rule-based atmosphere best for parenting children? Now, Jesus, as we might expect, being the Messiah Christ and the Son of God, he said some unbelievably profound things. And here's one of the most profound things that Jesus Christ ever said y'all ready for this treat others the way you want to be treated do unto others as you'd have them do unto you that's the golden rule right i mean there's so much wisdom in that and if we reflect on it for very long we'll probably put down our whistles when it comes to parenting because we like others to give us freedom we like others, right, to, to give us freedom to be different, to have an opinion, to make mistakes, to be honest, to follow our own unique desires. Isn't that how God parents us? So today we're continuing our series called God-Shaped Parenting, where we're looking at the perfect parent, God the Father, to see how He parents so that we can learn in turn to parent like He does we want to parent like god and so last week pastor jj showed us through the scripture how god is not an anxious or worried parent and we shouldn't be either two weeks ago again pastor jj looked at how god gives wisdom and 
knowledge to his children and so should we three weeks ago we looked at how god is heart focused and so should we be as parents and then a month ago we looked at how god is god centered and so we as parents should be god centered as well well today's God-shaped parenting concept is found in Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. Now, before we look at that text, however, I I just want to give credit this morning to Dr. Tim Kimmel for helping me formulate my thoughts today. And let me say this one important point, one important statement here. We need to grasp this because it's it's foundational to how we parent as Christians. And, And here's the statement. Our view of God and our relationship with Him and how we think he views us directly feeds into how we see our role as a parent and in turn how we deliver the parenting goods or perhaps the parenting bads let me say that again our view of God and our relationship with him and how we think he views us directly feeds into how we see our role as a parent and in turn how we parent so we need to ask these two questions is God primarily a lawgiver or a grace giver and then secondly is my relationship with God primarily law-based or grace-based well let's turn to our scripture here to find out the answer We see here in Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. Let's stand together to honor the reading of God's Word here. Just two verses. Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9 says this. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that he has made let's pray together lord we turn here to your word and we see here father from this very clearly that you're gracious that you're merciful yes you give laws yes you give rules but praise god and to your glory you give grace you are abundant in grace and mercy you give us what we have not earned And you do not give us what we deserve when it comes to punishment. Father, we thank you for grace and mercy. I pray this morning as parents on this Mother's Day in particular, Lord, that you would burn this into our hearts, that you would awaken our our souls to this foundational truth. Father, I want to pray for the one who's never turned from sin and trusted Christ. We pray that even on Mother's Day, the Holy Spirit would call them out of sin and out of darkness into righteousness and into light in Jesus Christ. And so we pray you'd work in their heart today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, grab your seat. So when we look at the text here, it's pretty abundant. God is not like Barney Fife. The first rule is obey all the rules, Barney said. Look at the text again. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love the lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made now you might say well yeah that's just one verse ben i mean you could be cherry picking but the (laughs) truth of the matter is is that i'm not 
we could have turned to Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7, for instance. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Or we could have turned to Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, O Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. We could have turned to the book of Lamentations, verse 3 in the 22nd, 23rd verse. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Or we could have turned to Micah 17, or uh, Micah 7, Micah 7, verse 18 and 19, where it says this, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity, passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Or we could have turned to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. Or we could have turned to a hundred other verses, but over and over again, over and over again, we see that God is primarily a grace giver rather than a law giver. And he invites us into relationship as a grace receiver rather than a law keeper. But as you well know, we live in a fallen world. And we take the good things of God and we twist them all up and we, we get them all wrong, even as Christians. And instead of being that grace-based parent that God has modeled for us, we instead often become one of two other types of parents. Now there are several types of parents that we could focus on other than grace-based but if we're striving to be a good parent, and I know we all are, then there are two other types that we typically fall into that we should avoid. First, instead of being a grace-based parent, we often can become a judgmental parent. Now, a judgmental parent spends most of their time making sure that their child is better than the competition, better than their sister's or their brother's kid, better than the neighbor kid better than the other kids at church they're very selective in their play date choices because they don't want their kids around the wrong people they're supposed to support um, uh, their children they're, they're supposed to to support their concerns about what's wrong with everybody else as well and they especially are hard on their children who don't accept their narrow view of life now, if you were watching a judgmental parent in action, you would notice them pointing their fingers at others and having little to do with anyone who doesn't see life their way, and they sort of live as a monitor for everybody else and their behavior. 
the judgmental parents voice to their children would be a mixture of these two things God's watching me and so am I and mix that with you may be bad but you're better than them children with judgmental parents they, they tend to leave home with a feeling of spiritual elitism that's the first type that we want to avoid the second type of parenting that we often fall into instead of grace-based parenting is what you might call legalistic parenting legalistic parents they spin round and round making sure that their family their kids do everything right however they define what right is they live to keep score of good deeds and bad deeds they're making a list of checking it twice and they secretly believe that their kids' behavior helps them stack up brownie points with God. And so they're especially hard on their children for that reason, who don't toe the line. The legalistic parents' voice to their children is a mixture of these two things. You owe God, so you better get busy, mixed with you may be bad, but God would love you more. If you just tried harder and got better. You see, children in a legalistic home, they, they tend to leave home feeling guilty. And they often want nothing to do with this method, right? The, the, the method that their parents used to raise them. And they usually live their lives in, in stark contrast to the values that they lived with when they were being raised. But beloved, God says there's a better way. There's a better way, His way. Instead of being that judgmental parent or that legalistic parent, we should strive to be a grace-based parent like God. You see, a grace-based a grace parent, they, they live to know God more. And as they know God more, they see how much they fall short. They're not better than anybody, and they realize that. They realize they're the chief of sinners. And they also see the influx of God's amazing grace pouring in to fill up their own gaps and their own shortcomings. They see God's grace is unchanging in its love. And they know that they can never earn that love. God gives it by His grace. And they praise God that He's gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and that He is good to all and that his mercies over all that he has made and they drink up God's goodness and they delight in God and their children are the recipients of the grace these parents are enjoying from the Lord right they, they it overflows it, it spills over into the parenting they are especially gracious to their children even when that child is hard to love. Their voice to their children would be a mixture of this. You are a gift from God, and I love you. Mixed with, <laughs> you are broken, and you do bad things, but you are still my child. I love you, and there is forgiveness in Christ, and he is making you new. This is the sort of parenting that makes all the difference in the world. This is the sort of parenting, especially, that we as Christians should strive for. For 
particularly when you recognize what grace-based parenting communicates to our children. And so that's what today's task is. Today's task is to answer this question, what does grace-based parenting communicate? And when we say communicate, to whom? Well, to your children. And what, a, what an appropriate question to ask here on Mother's Day. Your parenting style, you see, communicates some things to your child, whether you realize it or not. These are things that your child needs to hear. You see, God has wired your children with certain needs that are common among human beings. And judgmental parenting won't communicate these things. Legalistic parenting won't communicate these things, but grace-based parenting will and these are the things that God says to us as a grace-based parent and we in turn need to communicate to our children in these same ways first grace-based parenting communicates this child you are secure child you are secure when you think about God being gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, we are reminded that we are secure in God. We who are the children of God are secure as the children of God. One of the greatest passages of the Scripture that speaks to the security that we have in God comes from Romans 8. And if you're familiar with that chapter, you might be going immediately to the section beginning with verse 31. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And that's certainly part of what I'm talking about here. But to get the fullness of what I'm talking about, you've got to back up to verse 29. Verse 29 where it says in Romans 8, 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. You see, that phrase right there, for those whom he foreknew, is the ground of our security in God. You see, the Bible uses the word foreknow in, in two ways, all right? It uses it in two different ways. One way is what you might call pre-knowledge of events. Theologically, this is what we call God's prescience. His pre-science, his pre-knowledge, foreknowledge. God knows what's going to happen before it happens because he sees the end from the beginning. But that's not the only way the Bible uses the word foreknow. The other way the Bible uses the word foreknow is not with events, but with people. You see, the word know is a Hebrew euphemism for intimacy. And the most well-known example is in the Virgin Mary. Upon hearing the angel that, that she was going to have a baby, remember what she said? She said, how can this be since I have not known a man? To know someone is a euphemism for intimate knowledge of a person. 
Speaking about the nation of Israel, Paul later says in, in Romans eleven twelve, 12, he says, God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Again, he's not talking about future knowledge of some actions here. He's talking about intimacy of knowledge. God is saying, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I chose Israel and fixed my love on Israel. And that's the way the Bible is using here the word foreknew in Romans 8, 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God is not talking about a future action. He's talking about fixing his love on a people. God says to you and to me and all who are his, I fixed my love on you before you were ever born. You didn't earn God's love. God gave his love by his grace. It's unconditional love. It's, it, 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 it's fixated, steadfast love there in Romans 8, 29 that leads to the rest of the good stuff here in Romans 8. Look at 29 and 30. For those whom he foreknew, that's the beginning. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. You see, it's that fixated, steadfast, unconditional love that leads Paul to ask later in verse 35 and 36, who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we're being killed all the day. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And then gives this answer in verse 37 through 39. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Beloved, because God is a grace-based parent, nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are secure in God. Amen? And when we strive to be that grace-based parent ourselves, here's what we communicate to our child. Child, you are secure. Now, for those of you that grew up in a judgmental home, or for those of you that grew up in a legalistic home, there's one thing that you know for sure, is that you were not secure. You didn't know if your parents... We're going to be for you or against you that day because it was all based on your performance. If you did the right things and avoided the wrong things, you would be in their good graces. And if you had a parent who was an extreme in this, they would ostracize you the first chance they got to control you and to keep you doing exactly what they wanted you to do. You were always on the chopping block, it felt like. But a grace-based parent says, Child, you are secure. Again, the judgmental parent says, As long as you see the world my way and agree with me and our 
and, and you're good at what I want you to be good at, you have my affection and my approval. And the legalistic parent says, dude, as long as you follow my rules, you have my affection and you have my approval. And in both of those scenarios, there's no security. But the grace-based parent says, son, daughter, you have my affection, you have my approval because you are mine. I fixed my love on you before you were ever born. Mamas, did you love them babies before they were ever born? Of course you did. You fixed your love on that son, on that daughter, before they were ever born. That child didn't choose to make you their parent. No, you chose to make them your child. And here's what it says. Nothing can change that. I don't care how many times you messed your diaper. I don't care how many times you wrote on the walls. I don't care how many times you bit your sister, threw a tantrum, backtalked, wrecked the car, broken your curfew, made poor choices, made sinful choices. It doesn't matter. My love is fixed on you because you're mine. And I'm going to do everything in my power to raise you up out of that mess. Praise God. Mamas and daddies, we don't give up. We help raise them up out of that mess. Because you are my child. That's the kind of love that God by His grace has for us. And that's the kind of love we need to have for our children by His grace. So grace-based parenting communicates, child, you are secure. Second, grace-based parenting communicates this, child, you are valuable. Child, you are valuable. You know, it's so sad to see a world filled with children whose parents don't value them. I mean, millions are neglected, physically abused, mentally are, 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 millions are, are mentally beaten down. They're told that they're worthless. Millions never even get a chance to breathe air on this earth because they're aborted before they were ever born. Yet God says, yet God says that every single person is of immense value because every single person is made in the image of God. That's what we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Scripture says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every living thing that creeps on the earth so God created man listen to this in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them and that's true of every single person from Eden to Collinsville we were all created and conceived in the image of of God, and because of that fact alone, every person, every child is valuable. Now, think about what the world says. The world says you are valuable if you have a certain level of beauty, you are valuable if you have a certain level of intelligence, you are valuable if you have a certain level of skill. 
The world says you're valuable if you have a full capacity of body and mind and that you're not handicapped in any way. But God says, regardless of your looks, bless God, regardless of your smarts, regardless of your skills, regardless of your handicaps, you are valuable, not because you're great, but because God is great in grace. And that same grace mindset needs to spill over into our parenting. Again, the judgmental parent says, you are valuable if you raise my status in the community. That's what the judgmental parent's looking for. The child is an accessory to their image. And if the child makes them look good, then it's all good. The legalistic parent says, you are valuable if you earn me points with God and favor with God. For the, again, the, 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 the legalistic parent, right? The child is just a ladder to help them climb. They're just an assistant to help them climb the ladder to God. But grace-based parents say, sweetheart, you are valuable because God made you valuable. Your unique, righteous things about you are gifts from God and they make you have you come to find out that every child is different? <laughs> Amen, they are, man. It don't matter how many kids you have. My wife comes from a family of nine, nine plus, to be honest. And every child, talking with her dad, he said, every one of my kids was different. And I know you found that out to be true as well. And that's sometimes hard for us to grasp as parents. We want this child to be like that child. Or, more likely, we want that child to be like us. But here's the deal. We didn't give birth to clones, did we? We gave birth to children. And we must value them, uh, value them for, for who they are as, as unique individuals. Again, we must show grace. We must give them room to express their individuality within the bounds of righteousness. Now, let me say that again. Within the bounds of of righteousness. There are some things that you must tell your child, no, uh-uh, absolutely not. Right? If it's sinful, we got to steer them away from that. I mean, never forget Proverbs 22:15. We're going to talk more about this next week, but never forget Proverbs 22:15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. But the rod of discipline drives it far from it. When I was a child, I thought some of the most foolish things you'd ever think of. And the same thing is true for, is true for your child, right? Your child will, will, will think some foolish things, and they will want to do some foolish things. But your job as a parent is to steer them away from that. And the rod of discipline helps in that. Now, when we, oh, hey, when we hear the rod of discipline, we just, mm, I can't wait, right? But think about this. The rod of discipline is talking about the shepherd's crook, really. The shepherd's staff. And don't forget the shepherd's staff has one end with that crook on it. So that you don't hit the kid with it. You grab that kid and say, no, no sweetheart, come over here. And you take him back this way, right? So the rod there 
is, 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 is not just a, a rod of corrective punishment, but it's a rod that's meant to steer that child away from foolishness, from, from sinful direction toward a wise and righteous direction. But again, within the bounds of righteousness, we must value our child's unique nature and encourage them to use the fullness of who they are for God's glory and for the good of the community around them. So grace-based parenting, it communicates, child, you are, you are secure. Child, you are val- valuable. But, but third, I want to say this morning, grace-based parenting communicates this. Child, you have hope. You have hope. People need hope, and God is a God of hope. There's hope in God that that God is going to save the day, and there's hope that God will be there even when we mess up. Even from the very beginning when Adam and Eve sinned, you know what God did? He gave them hope. Yeah, he put curses on them, but he also gave them hope. One day, Eve, he said, your distant grandson will crush the devil's head. And then God slaughtered an animal and covered their nakedness. God gave them hope. God gave him hope because he's a God of hope. That's what we read in Romans 15, 13. When the Holy Spirit says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God is a grace-based parent. He gives hope to his child, even in the darkest moments. When your sin was the ugliest, God said, child, you have hope. And that's the truth that we need to communicate to our children as a grace-based parent. You see, the judgmental parent says, your hope is in you, so be better than others. The legalistic parent says, your hope is in you, so you better not fail. But the grace-based parent says, you have hope even when you fail, even when you're not the best. Because your hope is in God, your hope is in Christ Jesus, and not in you. And so, beloved, we must give our kids hope. That's why it's really important to give our children the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's their greatest need. I know they're cute. We said it a few weeks ago how cute they were. But your child is a sinner in need of a Savior. And their greatest need on planet Earth is Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And through the gospel of Jesus Christ, they have hope that springs up eternal. And by the grace of God, through your parenting and and other godly influences, we will see that child increase in hope and see that child bear the fruit of Philippians 1.6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. want to communicate child you are secure child you are valuable child you have hope then strive to be a grace based parent don't you need the grace of God of course you do parents your children need the grace of God from you grandparents your children need the grace of God from you just like it said in Lamentations 3, 20, 
22 and 23 it said the steadfast love of the lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning just like every morning when you wake up and the dew has covered the ground now here's my final prayer this morning may grace abound like the dew of the ground every 